0: section twenty two universal emigration this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tom hirsch we have in our remarks on the oversea colony referred to the general consensus of opinion on the part of those who have studied the social question as to emigration being the only remedy for the overcrowded population of this country at the same time showing some of the difficulties which lie in the way of the adoption of the remedy, the dislike of the people to so great a change as is involved in going from one country to another, the cost of their transfer, and their general unfitness for an emigrant's life. These difficulties, as I think we have seen, are fully met by the Oversea Colony Scheme, but apart from those who driven by their abject poverty will avail themselves of our scheme there are multitudes of people all over the country who would be likely to emigrate could they be assisted in so doing those we propose to help in the following manner one by opening a bureau in london and appointing officers whose business it will be to acquire every kind of information as to suitable countries their adaptation to and the openings they present for different trades and callings, the possibility of obtaining land and employment, the rates of remuneration, and the like. These inquiries will include the cost of passage money, railway fares, outfit, together with every kind of information required by an emigrant. 2. From this Bureau anyone may obtain all necessary information. 3. Special terms will be arranged with steamships, railway companies, and land agents, of which emigrants using the Bureau will have the advantage. 4. Introductions will be supplied, as far as possible, to agents and friends in the localities to which the emigrant may be proceeding. 5. Intending emigrants, desirous of saving money, can deposit it through this Bureau in the Army Bank for that purpose six it is expected that government contractors and other employers of labor requiring colonists of reliable character will apply to this bureau for such offering favorable terms with respect to passage money employment and other advantages seven no immigrant will be sent out in response to any application from abroad where the emigrant's expenses are defrayed without reference to character industry and fitness this bureau we think will be especially useful to women and young girls there must be a large number of such in this country living in semi-starvation anyway with very poor prospects who would be very welcome abroad the expense of whose transfer governments and masters and mistresses alike would be very glad to defray or assist in defraying if they could only be assured on both sides of the beneficial character of the arrangements when made so widespread now are the operations of the army and so extensively will this bureau multiply its agencies that it will speedily be able to make personal inquiries on both sides that is in the interest alike of the emigrant and the intended employer in any part of the world the salvation ship when we have selected a party of emigrants whom we believe to be sufficiently prepared to settle on the land which has been got ready for them in the colony oversea, it will be no dismal expatriation which will await them no one who has ever been on the west coast of ireland when the emigrants were departing and has heard the dismal wails which arise from those who are taking leave of each other for the last time on earth can fail to sympathize with the horror excited in many minds by the very word emigration but when our party sets out there will be no violent wrenching of home ties in our ship we shall export them all father mother and children the individuals will be grouped in families and the families will on the farm colony have been for some months past more or less near neighbours meeting each other in the field in the workshops and in the religious services it will resemble nothing so much as the unmooring of a little piece of england and towing it across the sea to find a safe anchorage in a sunnier clime the ship which takes out emigrants will bring back the produce of the farms and constant travelling to and fro will lead more than ever to the feeling that we and our ocean-sundered brethren are members of one family. No one who has ever crossed the ocean can have failed to be impressed with the mischief that comes to emigrants when they are on their way to their destination. Many and many a girl has dated her downfall from the temptations which beset her, while journeying to a land where she had hoped to find a happier future. Satan finds some mischief still for idle hands to do, and he must have his hands full on board an emigrant ship. Look into the steerage at any time, and you will find boredom inexpressible on every face. The men have nothing to do and an incident of no more importance than the appearance of a sail upon the distant horizon is an event which makes the whole ship talk i do not see why this should be so of course in the case of conveying passengers and freight with the utmost possible expedition for short distances it would be idle to expect that either time or energies could be spared for the employment or instruction of the passengers But the case is different when, instead of going to America, the emigrant turns his face to South Africa or remote Australia. Then, even with the fastest steamers, they must remain some weeks or months upon the high seas. The result is that habits of idleness are contracted, bad acquaintances are formed, and very often the moral and religious work of a lifetime is undone to avoid these evil consequences i think we should be compelled to have a ship of our own as soon as possible a sailing vessel might be found the best adapted for the work leaving out the question of time which would be of very secondary importance with us the construction of a sailing ship would afford more space for the accommodation of emigrants and for industrial occupation and would involve considerably less working expenses besides costing much less at the onset even if we did not have one given to us which i should think would be very probable all the emigrants would be under the charge of army officers and instead of the voyage being demoralizing it would be made instructive and profitable from leaving london to landing at their destination Every colonist would be under watchful oversight, could receive instruction in those particulars where they were still needing it, and be subjected to influences that would be beneficial every way. Then we have seen that one of the great difficulties in the direction of emigration is the cost of transport. The expense of conveying a man from England to Australia, occupying as it does some seven or eight weeks, arises not so much from the expense connected with the working of the vessel which carries him as the amount of provisions he consumes during the passage. Now, with this plan, I think that the emigrants might be made to earn at least a portion of this outlay. There is no reason why a man should not work on board ship any more than on land. Of course, nothing much could be done when the weather was very rough. But the average number of days during which it would be impossible for passengers to employ themselves profitably in the time spent between the Channel and Cape Town or Australia would be comparatively few. When the ship was pitching and rolling work would be difficult, but even then when the colonists get their sea legs and are free from the qualmishness which overtakes landsmen when first getting afloat, i cannot see why they should not engage in some form of industrial work far more profitable than yawning and lounging about the deck to say nothing of the fact that by so doing they would lighten the expense of their transit the sailors firemen engineers and everybody else connected with the vessel have to work and there is no reason why our colonists should not work also of course this method would require special arrangements in the fitting up of the vessel which if it were our own it would not be difficult to make at first sight it may seem difficult to find employments on board ship which could be engaged in to advantage and it might not be found possible to fix up every individual right away but i think there would be very few of the class and character of people we should take out with the prior instructions they would have received who would not have fitted themselves into some useful labour before the voyage ended to begin with there would be a large amount of the ordinary ship's work that the colonists could perform such as the preparation of food serving it out cleaning the decks and fittings of the ship generally together with the loading and unloading of cargo all these operations could be readily done under the direction of permanent hands then shoemaking knitting sewing tailoring and other kindred occupations could be engaged in i should think sewing machines could be worked and one way or another any amount of garments could be manufactured which would find ready and profitable sale on landing either among the colonists themselves or with the people round about not only would the ship thus be a perfect hive of industry it would also be a floating temple the captain officers and every member of the crew would be salvationists and all therefore alike interested in the enterprise moreover the probabilities are that we should obtain the service of the ship's officers and crew in the most inexpensive manner in harmony with the usages of the army everywhere else men serving from love and not as a mere business the effect produced by our ship cruising slowly southward testifying to the reality of a salvation for both worlds calling at all convenient ports would constitute a new kind of mission work and drawing out everywhere a large amount of warm practical sympathy at present the influence of those who go down to the sea in ships is not always in favour of raising the morals and religion of the dwellers in the places where they come here however would be one ship at least whose appearance foretold no disorder gave rise to no debauchery And from whose capacious hull would stream forth an army of men who, instead of thronging the grog shops and other haunts of licentious indulgence, would occupy themselves with explaining and proclaiming the religion of the love of God and the brotherhood of man. End of section twenty two. Recording by Tom Hirsch.